where's the best place to buy tires? Where's the best repair shop for my hybrid? Questions about your car? Drive into Dobbs. With more than 40 locations, our team of technicians will get the job done right the first time. For deals you can use, click on gotodobbs.com now. For over two decades, E&B Granite has been St. Louis's trusted name for kitchen, bathroom, and outdoor space renovations that are guaranteed to bring new life into your living spaces. Their skilled team will provide you with personalized customer service, fast turnaround times, and prices you won't find with big box stores. Support local and schedule free consultation at enbgranite.com or call them at 314-645-9300 or better yet, stop by the showroom and explore their massive inventory. Again, that's enbgranite.com. Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa. With over 50 years of sports betting experience, Fred is known in the UK for three things. Customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Waiters only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Time now for the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Yes, yes. Welcome in. It's Balloon Party 101 ESPN. Tim McKernan, Action Jackson with you for uh, one hour. And then it's BK and Ferrario at the top of the hour. Darren Pang going to join us coming up in a matter of 12 minutes. And looking forward to getting his perspective on the Blues with a franchise record eighth loss in a row. Jackson, I bet the Blues left. And you might look at me as a mark. Do you look at me as a mark? And they were minus 140, by the way. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a, that's a tough one. I think if they were plus 180, I don't bet them. Does that make sense to you? No. No, it does not. Okay. Um, well, because they were minus 140, I'm like, oh, Las Vegas is aware of, something. say, a goaltender who has never won a game in the NHL, for example, and uh, they really like the Blues' chances, and therefore they are a pretty decent favorite on the road. And so, therefore, I fired the bullet, and uh, I was handsomely rewarded in the form of losing a unit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, that'll happen. I, I'm so bad at gambling recently that I... Uh, it's been I, good for me. Yeah, I know that I have no feel on it right now. But uh, yeah, it's just it's it's a lot of disheartening losses. It's not like you know overtime losses or anything. It's they're disheartening losses. Uh, we will uh, certainly talk about the Blues here um, with Darren Pang coming up at ten fifteen. I want to talk about something with our audience because um, I know the number of people, of course, don't listen to TMA and they're listening to the opening drive um, or you're just tuning in. Um, But if you have listened to St. Louis Sports Talk Radio or any um, form of St. Louis sports casting, uh, really, since you're going back decades when you talk about Jay Randolph Sr., you know the name Jay Randolph Jr. And Jay Randolph Jr. um, is somebody who, if you know him, I would imagine you would consider him a friend because he has the personality that makes everybody happy and laughs, and um, and he has been an important part of TMA for a number of years. Uh, about an hour ago, Jay called in to let the TMA audience know, and I want to let the audience here on 101 ESPN know, that he has been diagnosed um, with a terminal form of cancer, and um, it's obviously heartbreaking news. Uh, we're devastated. Jay called in, his spirits, as per usual, up despite the diagnosis. 
And on behalf of his family, I want to make sure that I read this message. And if you are so inclined to donate or share your feelings to Jay and his family, uh, you have a place to do so at jrandolphjr.com. That's jrandolphjr.com. From the family, um, Jay has been unwell and test results were not encouraging. He has terminal cancer, and he's asking for privacy while he and his family navigate this unfamiliar journey. He is incredibly grateful for the friendship and support of the community, and he feels very fortunate to have shared so many unique experiences and met such wonderful people. jrandolphjr.com is the place to express your well wishes and support as it's impossible for Jay to respond to individual messages. We will update the website as things change. Anyone who wants to help can contribute to the fund set up through the site. Receiving a terminal diagnosis is more devastating than words can describe, yet Jay remains comfortable and in good spirits. He has not lost his sense of humor, and he's being cared for at home by people who cherish him. We are brokenhearted, but thankful for the time that we have, and we feel the love and positive energy of all the people sending their support. So, if you can, and if you are... So inclined, um, please visit jrandolphjr.com, jrandolphjr.com. Express your thoughts to Jay, um, especially if you are in the golf community. I would imagine you know him, but uh, at the very least, you you know his father. And my guess is you've heard him over the years. He's been in St. Louis Sports Radio for three decades. Express your thoughts, uh, pictures you may have with him, appreciation. And if you can, make a donation at jrandolphjr.com. The money will go to the family uh, for medical expenses, and the remaining funds will be donated to Jay's favorite charity, Annie's Hope, which provides comprehensive support services for children, teens, and their families who are grieving a death. Thank you from the bottom of our hearts. That comes from uh, Jay's friends and family at jrandolphjr.com. Uh, so I wanted to make sure that as sad as the news is, as devastating as the news is, as heartbreaking as the news is, um, that people are aware of what is going on with somebody we are very close to and who has been a part of TMA for a number of years and a part of St. Louis Sports Radio since 1992, uh, Sirius XM golf coverage, uh, his show Fairways and Greens, and also, of course, many of you know Jay Randolph Sr. from his time with NBC Sports and KSTK Channel 5 here in St. Louis. So please, if you can, jrandolphjr.com. I love Jay Randolph Jr. I love Jay Randolph Jr. before I knew of this diagnosis and uh, the more people who can share those feelings uh, for Jay and his family and friends, uh, the more it will help during this time. So uh, thank you for any thoughts or donations you can make at jrandolphjr.com. Darren Pang will join us on the program coming up at approximately 1015. Uh, also, uh, details coming out on Eli Drinkwitz's contract extension. Friend of the program, he joins us every Friday here on Balloon Party, presented by James Carlton of the Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency, Gabe Yarman of PowerMizzou.com. Uh, put in a Freedom of Information uh, Act uh, request request on Saturday night to get it. Didn't get the contract until this morning. And so we uh, 
we now have that information and Gabe breaks down his interpretation of what this means because it's not as simple as, oh, you're doing great. Yes, we know you're under 500, so here's a contract extension. There are more angles to college football contracts than perhaps meet the eye, and the buyout clause is the important one. So we'll talk about that. We'll also talk about why it happened. Uh, So that is coming up on today's program. In addition to uh, Jackson sending over the top 20 what do we have, Jackson, here? Top 20? Uh, MLB trade uh, candidates, off-season trade candidates. All right. We're going to go through that list as well. What would make sense for the Cardinals as the off-season gets underway? But the nature of the beast at this moment here in St. Louis is talking about what is going on with the St. Louis Blues. And last night, it just continues. And at this point, and I thought Jeremy Rutherford's column this morning was outstanding, just like kind of listing the options. Because the Blues have gone, per Rutherford, uh, from being allocated a 54% probability um, to making the playoffs at the beginning of the season, it's now down to 12%. 12%. 12%. And we are talking here on November 9th, 2022. When is the last time the Blues had that number this early? You've got to go back. When is the last time the Blues lost eight straight games? Never. That is where things are. So what can be done in the short term? What will be done in the short term? And we'll ask the question. I feel like we've been asking now for at least a week, if not more. I think the Montreal game two Saturdays ago was the uh, red alert. Uh, And ever since now, we've been talking about it. How did this happen? We'll talk that over with Darren Pang. That's coming up next here on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the balloon party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's time to talk blues hockey with Darren Pang. Holy jump and what a save. Refreshed by Urban Chestnut Brewing Company and their Urban Underdog Lager. Prost. Welcome back, 101 ESPN, Tim McKernan with you, and it is our pleasure, as we are every Wednesday, to be joined by the great Darren Pang. Panger, good morning. Good morning to you, Tim old boy. How are you? This Man, morning? I like that, Tim old boy. I'm wonderful. What about yourself? Tell me about you. What's going you on were, with you? Let's get to the bottom of this. Are you wearing a sweet hat today? I am wearing, wearing a, a sweet hat. hat. That's because I'm experiencing male pattern baldness, and I also have an awkwardly shaped skull. Oh, oh! so that'll hide it? Ideally, it hides it, but by being really public about it, I'm really not doing myself any favors. It's like wearing a toupee but calling attention to it. Uh, where's Jackson? I need, I need him to help me out here. <laughs> Jackson is in the early, Jackson's in the top of the second of his male pattern baldness. Yeah, it's moving backwards, Panger, and quickly at that. Oh, well, don't worry about it. It's, it's, uh, it. it's a lot easier in the morning when you just wake up and throw a, you know, you, you throw a, 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 a Whatever, uh, uh, what what can you throw across your head? Uh, just a wet t- wet cloth. That's it. Yeah, cloth. yeah. Showers are head, very you know? brief. Yeah. I was actually I was actually getting confused there, and you can see me. I, I was trying to find my words because I was thinking <laughs> of that good Beatles tune. You know, I woke up, got out of bed, I dragged a comb across my head. Yeah, you know. Uh, but instead, I was trying to think of the wet towel across. My head. Yeah, anyway, there's so. there's just no need for any uh, combs <laughs> on, on this it's program. Really, you know, my, nice. my ship sailed. Jackson's a, Jackson's a, the most eligible bachelor in St. Louis, so you know he's considering all options at this point. Panger, it's true. Well, it's 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 early in California. I flew uh, I flew from Boston to uh, to LAX to uh, Anaheim. Missed our game last night and uh, have a game tonight here in Anaheim. But I watched the game and 
I actually watched, I had three games going at the same time last night. Just one on my phone, one on my iPad, and one on the main, on, on the main TV in the hotel room. Just to see if there was something there that, you know, what? while you're watching other games and you're watching the Blues play and you're watching what's not going right, like, what is it? What we're and, and it was clear that the good teams, the teams that are winning right now, they're battling like mothers right now. They are battling. Every single loose puck is like the seventh game. So there's a work ethic that's out there for the teams that are, that are playing well, they're winning hockey games. And even last night, the late game was Minnesota at L.A., because I've got Minnesota tonight, mm-hmm. and it ended up being a one nothing game. And Tim and Jackson, it was like a, I mean, it was like game five of a playoff series. It was hard checking, hard playing, good defending. And I said, that's, that doesn't remind me right now of how the Blues have played. And, and that's just quite the fact. There's been some games where the Blues have played really hard in certain moments of the game, and you go, okay, that's it. There's the trigger point. They're, they're going to roll on from then. And the Blues, like a lot of other teams in the NHL, can't seem to maintain that for an extended period of time. I gather that they were trying to spark it early on last night with a couple of scraps. You saw Shen get into it early on, and yeah. then Bortuzzo followed suit. Blue certainly had numerous opportunities, uh, hit the crossbar a couple of times. Robert Thomas visibly both, I think, frustrated and stunned that his opportunity went off the crossbar. Uh, it, just, it just isn't happening and to lose that game uh, in that fashion it just adds to the frustration a 32 to 8 is what they've been outscored I don't know and is it is it as simple I know it's not as simple as so I won't even ask the question but it, it, the work ethic that is that's where that's where you think it can start to turn around panger well I mean most certainly your uh, you know your want you know on the bench you're wanting your will to go from shift to shift, you know, to, to continue on some sort of semblance of, of wearing another team down. I mean, that, that's the biggest thing for me. And, yes, you're right. I applaud. Listen, Braden Shen lays it out on the line. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that's a lot to ask for, for Braden Shen. He's, you know, there he is in a big game in Philly, that, you know, team that he played a little bit there. He goes out there. He knows they need something. Bang. He gets in a scrap. Robert Bortuzzo's playing his 500th game. You know, bang, he does something to, to get things going. Now, does that mean you're going to win the hockey game? No, no, it doesn't. But it should drag others into the fight. And, you know, I noticed in Boston, this is just not sure what's going on or what's going to happen with, with the roster or whatever. But while I was at the game in Boston, up on the press level, um, we had a number of, uh, of our coaches and our managers uh, from Springfield, you, as we know, had a great year last year. Mm-hmm. And so Doug Armstrong, I know that he was there watching games uh, in Springfield. I know they had a game in Providence, which was right around the corner from Boston. And so, I mean, after two, you know, back-to-back losses that, uh, you know, you have to come out of there with some points. You know, even if it's one point in Boston and two points in, in Philly, without getting any points whatsoever, I mean, it would not surprise me prior to tomorrow's game that uh, Doug Armstrong make some kind, some kind of move, some kind of transaction to get some spark going here uh, for, uh, for, the, for the current team here. And, uh, you know, I, I know Army. He, he already came out publicly. He already came out. And he's, he addressed the, the media, you know, he addressed the media, which in, in turn he addressed the people is what he did. He addressed the fans of, of St. Louis 
and uh, and then he's on that trip, and then he's watching that. I mean, you know, there's there's no chance he's sitting sitting still with with what's going on right here. Sometimes in St. Louis, and this would be the case in any market, uh, emotion can run high, and it can cause rational thinking to fall by the wayside, or at least be secondary in a discussion. Uh, but you're traveling around North America, and obviously dialed into the hockey community and talk with people about the game. And I'm sure the Blues have come up, and I would imagine people go, "What in the world is going on?" Because the Blues' performance so far has to be uh, about as surprising as a team's has been through the first month of the season. So when you talk with people around the game, Panger, what are they asking or what are they saying to you? They say, "What's going on?" <laughs> <laughs> I mean. That, that, that's what they say. You get, you know, a coach, a coach finds you in the hallway and they go, Wait, what's going on? And, you know, players ask you, what's happening? Like, where, how can they not be able to win? Everybody's got great respect for the Blues and the team and the lineup and, you know, how they've played and the coaching staff. I mean, there's, that's shocking. You right. know, that's what it is right now. Right. I mean, it's, it, it's downright shocking that you look at the, you look at the standings and you go all the way to the bottom and you say, well, I must have missed them somewhere, at least in the middle of the pack. But they're not in the middle of the pack. They're in the very, very bottom of the pack. And it's not games played anymore. It's not, you know, yeah, they played, you know, sometime, I think, what, three, four fewer t- games in some teams. Right. But really, that's that's not it. It's, it's, it's the way in which they're losing. And so when you turn on the TV and, you know, there's a way that you can have no volume up and find out if a team is playing well, and it's very simple. It, 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 this goes back 30 years, 50 years maybe. When you see five men in, in the screen, uh, you know, every single time there's a puck and there's five guys and they're your five guys, you probably look at that game without even listening to anything, without even seeing the score bug up there, and you say, they're playing great. So that's, that's Blues hockey. That's the way they're playing. And without even knowing the score. But now you don't see that. You see it in spurts, but you don't see it consistently in how they're defending with one another. So, um, yeah, so that, that would be the common, and I'll probably get that this morning. I'll, I'll be meeting with both coaches uh, this morning. And, you know, they're all respectful because they know what kind of a great coach Craig Berube is and, and, uh, and the job that the Blues have done. But they'll, they'll pull you aside and they'll say, hey, uh, what, what's going on? And, and that'll be the way they say it. And I guarantee you that, that I'll have that five or six times today. I realize there really isn't an answer. There isn't exactly a date or a games played. But at what point does the mission for 2022-2023 go from what I'm sure it was uh, 15 days ago to what it could wind up being, as Doug Armstrong alluded to, that they may have to consider uh, some semblance of a rebuild? In other words, when does it get late in the game, so to speak? Oh, I think that was the point that he made when he said it to everybody. Like, uh, you know, you want to rebuild? Maybe you should go ask uh, Nick Letty what it was like going to play with the Detroit Red Wings for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Or, and many teams have gone through that. Uh, you know, um, when does he do it? You catch it. I mean, I, I guess you could empty the cupboard. I mean, you could go down it all and say, okay, well, I got a buyer for this guy. I got a buyer for this guy. I got a buyer for this guy. And uh, this is what it's going to look like. Yeah. And, and, and boys, it's not going to be fun. Right. So, yeah, I mean, is it completely out of the realm of possibility? I don't think so, but I still think that he believes, I still think that he believes in the group that he's put together. Now, does that mean that he wouldn't maybe, you know, one out, you know, maybe, maybe one to catch everybody's attention. I mean, that's very common in hockey. You want, you know what, 
let's let's uh, open up everybody's eyes because I'm going to send a, a teammate out the door, and then you're going to come to the rink the next day and go, oh boy, that's one. Yeah. And you know, there's not that many guys left over from the Stanley Cup championship team, and so you certainly don't want to see one of those one of your brothers that uh, that you won together, uh, you know, moving along too as well, or or any one of the you know the popular guys or a good hockey player. So, so yeah, it's not out of the realm of possibility. I I know our, you know Army's Army doesn't sit around here and 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 watch it, you know, go like it's going right now. He's he's got to be concerned. He's got to be. He's got to make decisions best for the organization and going forward. And then he's got to evaluate the players that he's got down in Springfield. Are they good enough to come up here and replace a good player? So there's, there's so many um, decisions that get made that you rely upon your pro scouts and your management from down there. And uh, you know, your key guys that are, that are, that are pounding the pavement out there right now. Darren Pang with us every Wednesday here. Hopefully when we talk again, a week from today, we will have some semblance of momentum well, we, as Blues turn it around. That's we what we're will. hoping for. We will, and I'll tell you why. We will, because I think the Blues are 7-1-1 one, and one when they have a father's trip. They're oh. not having a father's trip. They're having a wife's trip, a uh, mother's trip, excuse me, mother's trip. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, that's uh, Colorado-Chicago. So after the game tomorrow night against the Sharks, They'll go to Vegas where I'll meet them, and then from that point on. So we'll be talking some good things next week. I'm I see. Wow, that's good knowledge. Great I'm knowledge. telling you, that that's an intangible that you can't quantify with statistics. That's good knowledge. Man, I feel like, I feel like I'm Bud Fox and you're Gordon Gecko, and I got inside word. That's what I feel like. Gordon Gecko, I haven't heard that for a long time. Wall Street, 1987. Am I right on that, Jackson? 1987, Oliver Stone? Yeah, yeah. Michael Douglas, Daryl Hannah, the delightful Charlie Sheen, friend of the show. Martin Sheen. Talk about Father's Trip. Sure, nice, nice. Boy, it's all full circle now, Panger. I thought I could bring something to the table, but here the only problem is I don't have the luck. I don't have the live read for us afterwards. so Maybe Jackson, uh, Jackson can ad-lib with you. Jackson, you, you got to send it to me and send it to me fast, pal. <laughs> I'll, I'll buy time. Jackson will just read the NBA scoreboard from last night and buy time. <laughs> okay. Uh, Pagger, always good to catch up with you. Thank you so much for your time, and, uh, and we'll look forward to talking about good things next Wednesday. That's what we're counting on, good things. Always good things. They'll get it together. I can feel it. Thanks, Panger. Appreciate it. There is Darren Pang with us here on Balloon Party 101 ESPN. Uh, And uh, there it is. I mean, anytime you can talk Gordon Gecko and Bud Fox... Uh, what was uh, Daryl Hannah's character name? That's uh, a, that's obscure. I feel like I could turn to you for that as the owner of GoodOrBad.com, which sounds to me like a blatant ripoff of RottenTomatoes.com. Still, I invest no, in it. No, 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 no. No percentages, just good and bad. Right. And Wall Street is good. What about Wall Street 2? I liked it. I like Shia LaBeouf. Then just say good. Good. But you got high-pitched, I noticed. You were, like, demonstrative when I said good. Yeah, well, I mean, Wall Street's an all-timer. Wall Street, money never sleeps. Is not in the same pedigree, but it's good. High pitch good, different.
I might withdraw my investment candidly. All right. I hope I bought enough time for Panger. That's what I think I did. I don't know. I wasn't planning on talking about Wall Street and Wall Street 2. Money never sleeps. But alas, here we are. are. All right. The Colonel breaking down Eli Drinkwitz's contract in the buyout, uh, because that information he just acquired along with Dave Matter this morning. The 20 MLB trades that could slash should happen this offseason. The Cardinals' potential involvement. We'll have that for you as well in the second half. Balloon Party, this is 101 ESPN. We're right back to the balloon party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back to Balloon Party 101 ESPN. Darren Pang with us in the previous segment. If you missed it, you can podcast via the Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers podcast on the 101 ESPN app. And uh, here in the second half of the program, after we spent the first half discussing the blues and the debacle that is the 2022-2023 season, to this point, a uh, couple of topics locally with the Cardinals and with Eli Drinkwitz contract extension. That is your second half of Balloon Party here on 101 ESPN. We welcome you to get involved. 65780, Air Comfort Service, tax line, uh, and then leaving a mic drop via the 101 ESPN app. Uh, Jackson, you pose this question, and the question is as follows regarding the Cardinals and the offseason. Um, I sent you an article about the top 20 MLB trade candidates headed into this offseason. If you could, give the list a once-over and see if any of the players excite you enough to want to see the Cardinals make a move for them. And guess who is number one on the list? Well, I'm sure you know because you sent the list over. I'm assuming you read it. Oh, I did. I read it. but Who's I number one on the list? I can't remember. Oh, mother of... <sighs> Where's Jamie Rivers? I think he's back. Think the you number can walk in here I, and throw I, you up against the wall? I think I know now. Because you looked at it. So don't say, I think I know, because that's fraudulent. <laughs> I, was trying to, I was trying to be fraudulent. Uh, Sean Murphy. That's correct. Well done. Thanks, everybody. Appreciate you. 65780. Sean Murphy, Oakland A's catcher. Yeah. That's who I want. Yeah, absolutely. I actually want the Cardinals to get Murphy because I don't want them to sign Wilson Contreras, which I think puts me perhaps... In the minority? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I just, I'm just not on board with that move. Allocate the dollars elsewhere, not catcher. Uh, Sean Murphy, for the record, uh, hit 250 last year, 18 home runs, 66 RBIs. Uh, and the A's are, as you, it's just kind of has been the case forever. They're, they're kind of a quadruple A operation. Right. And they just feed teams. And uh, they will be doing so once again. I don't know how much longer they'll be playing in Oakland. They could be in Las Vegas here within the next couple of years. But before they do, they will be removing anybody who is worth anything to get their payroll uh, to somewhere around a double-A club. And so Sean Murphy could be on the move. Um, Also listed in there, Jesse Winker of the Mariners. I don't see that necessarily being a Cardinal target. Do you? By chance? I mean, you'd be getting him at a lower value because he did not perform well last year when he was with the Reds. He was pretty good, um, but if, if you're trying to, you know, buy low and get some value out of it, maybe. But he wouldn't be the top target, I wouldn't think. But kind of like the Phillies and saying, "Well, that's the one team I could see now." Now he, I would imagine <laughs> Jesse Winker will be the Cardinal with the Cardinals within the next 24 hours. That'll be <laughs> how, how how this winds up working out. Pablo Lopez of the Marlins is listed in. In there, he was talked about at the trade deadline. Uh, he is thought to be a uh, possible Oriole, Padre, or Yankee, per this article on CBSSports.com. Just for the record, they give their perceived landing spots. 
and uh, as you can imagine, uh, Sean Murphy's possible landing spot uh, is, is the Cardinals, and that is listed on CBSSports.com. Other names maybe that would uh, get Cardinal fans excited, not necessarily meaning they would be here, uh, Rafael Devers with the Red Sox, uh, Danny Jansen, catcher with the Blue Jays, possible landing spot, Cardinals, uh, both teams trying to replace franchise legends behind the plate. For the record, Danny Jansen last year with the Blue Jays to 60, 15 home runs, 44 RBIs. Uh, Tyler Glass now of the Rays expected to be on the move if the Cardinals were to go pitching. You know, we had Dan McLaughlin on. I know he was on um, the fast lane yesterday, and he has talked about he'd like to see the Cardinals spend some money on starting pitching. Yeah. You, when you look at the... When you look at the teams that get there, and by get there I mean there, right. the World Series, not there, the postseason, you have take your pick of whomever you would say is 1-2 in the Astros rotation, and it's so deep that you could list a couple of different options depending yeah. on how you'd want to perceive it. Um, but the obvious with the, the Nola and Wheeler 1-2 punch that you had in Philadelphia. Uh, Shane Bieber listed, not to say that that means that that would be a spot where the Cardinals would go, but the Cardinals are listed as a possible landing spot for Shane Bieber. He had a 2.881 ERA, 1.04 whip last year, struck out nearly a hitter an inning, 198 Ks through 200 innings. Uh, Tyler O'Neill is listed as a trade candidate. Yep. That one doesn't surprise me. No. Uh, CBS Sports saying, even after trading Harrison Bader at the deadline, the Cardinals are deep enough in outfielders huh, to <laughs> trade another one. And O'Neill is closer to free agency than Dylan Carlson, Lars Newtbar, and top prospect Alec Burleson. Uh, O'Neill was unable to repeat his 2021 magic in 2022, and he is only two years away from free agency. This isn't a must-trade scenario, but if the Cardinals are going to make a move, the outfield is still their position of greatest depth, and O'Neill is the likeliest candidate to go. Yeah, I think they're just going to clear somebody who they just don't feel like they can rely on when they have to improve the outfield. And it's that simple, because I don't view the Cardinals as having outfield depth. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I would say the opposite of that. Now, if you want to go organizational, I would say there's outfield depth. But that's because of prospects who we haven't seen necessarily play full-time yet, and that's where you get into the Jordan Walker conversations. Uh, Reese Hoskins with the Phillies is listed as a possibility, not for the Cardinals, but for the Mariners, Padres, and Twins. Uh, the middle infielders of the Yankees, Glaber Torres uh, and IKF of the Yankees, both talking about being on the move. That wouldn't surprise me. Yankees fans right. had had enough of that song and dance. Yeah. Brian Reynolds of the Pirates listed as a possibility. How about this one? Corbin Burns. If I had to put uh -oh. money down, uh oh, here would, comes Jackson out of nowhere. I'd say I would put a lot of action down that he will be a Los Angeles Dodger next year. I could see that being a play. I, I like I like your play. I shall not push back on your play. Yeah, I mean, you saw the two teams that made it to the World Series were teams that were better pitching wise. I mean, you had all time offenses in Los Angeles and New York with the Yankees, and they didn't get there. And a lot of that comes down to starting pitching. So if you need a starting pitching, getting a guy like Corbin Burns in L.A. would be a a big move for them. And the final name, one that some Cardinal fans have talked about, could it possibly happen, Shohei Otani. Uh, CBS Sports does not list the Cardinals as a possibility. That doesn't matter. I doubt CBS Sports was on top of Jordan Montgomery when that transpired. Uh, the Braves, the Cubs, and the Giants are listed. Uh, this author says, like I said, I don't think the Angels will trade Otani this offseason, um, but on the off chance they do, that is the direction he sees them going, Braves, Cubs. 
Giants. That is from uh, CBSSports.com. Yeah, I just don't, I don't see a package that the Cardinals could deliver that would give the Angels thoughts to send Otani here. Like what? Like, well, I certainly do, but I don't think it's one that most well, Cardinal right, fans would right. be happy about. Like in in terms of like relative realism, like what could they give? Prospect wise, I mean, you probably you'd be parting with everything you're going to part with for Juan Soto. So, do you value Juan Soto more than Otani? Well, then that goes back to the Dylan Carlson conversation. I would imagine people view, at least fans view, that through a different prism than they did in July. Yeah, I, I was agreed. candidly, it was confused by it then. And then the man didn't start game two when the season was on the line against the Phillies. So that kind of gives you an idea of where his stock went over the two and a half months since that occurrence. Of those names, any stand out to you? That is a, if you are indeed a Cardinal fan, enthuses you for the Cardinals. Um, somebody texting in Brian Reynolds right away. Uh, and then also somebody texting in that Jackson is wish casting for his Dodgers. Stop. You're a Dodgers guy. No, I, I've said before, I strongly dislike the Dodgers. Well, listen, you know what? I mean, is 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 wildly popular as I am, right, right. Uh, sometimes the listeners don't get a chance to listen to every single one of your words. And I don't think it's right for you because you went to Ledoux to scold people for not listening to every single word you say here, to realize that you are not a Dodgers fan because they assume based on how much you love the Lakers, uh, don't and, like the Lakers. and the Clippers. I like the Clippers. <laughs> that you automatically also like the Dodgers. And really any team that plays on a coast because you consider this, as you say, how come this isn't 101 ESPN, the flyover territory? <laughs> yes, I've, I've been on record saying that. And it might not be right for me to chastise the audience for not listening every second, but it's what I'm going to do. Wow. I'm going to chastise them. I'm going to put my finger right in their chest. Wow. Well, Brief Jackson's aside, in... uh, Ahmed Rosario is on that list, shortstop, younger, you know, 26, had mm-hmm, a pretty mm-hmm. decent year last year. Would you be against trading for a shortstop because the free agent depth and shortstop is so deep this year? Uh, no, I don't. I don't. It's not. That's not how I, view, I don't view okay. it through that lens. I've uh, You've already told me it's going to be Dan's to be sponsored, so I don't yeah. really feel like we need to even discuss it. You're right. I You're just, right. I just breezed right on past Rosario because I've been told Dan's B. Swanson will be wearing the birds on the bat, and yep. ideally a navy cap on the road. Well, yeah, he should put you that. Gotta in fix the something deal. with this organization. You wear a navy cap on the road. Right. Then Mosaic's approval rating. 110% skyrockets. Projected? Yeah. Skyrockets. Uh, we got some data on Saturday college football and Major League Baseball that may surprise you. In addition to that, Eli Drinkwitz's contract, uh, the information is out on the buyout. I'm sure plenty of people were alarmed that he received a contract extension, but we'll attempt to explain the reasoning behind it and also the buyout as we have that information. Uh, that's coming up in our final segment. This is 101 ESPN. We're right back to the balloon party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back, 101 ESPN. Final segment of Balloon Party, BK and Ferrario at the top of the hour. Uh, Jackson, I was thinking about doing a Gallup poll. Oh, okay. On the Twitter tweets on Saturday night. Asking people the following question. What did you watch more of tonight, Alabama, LSU, or Game 6 of the World Series between the Astros and Phillies? My thought would have been the answer would be Alabama, LSU. But I attempt to recognize my own biases and know that I love college football, and my love of college football might be more so than the average St. Louisan, who may be 
captivated by the World Series. You have television ratings, uh, and we can extrapolate here. What, what do you have going on? What's sure. going on with you? Uh, Georgia and Tennessee play on Saturday, and uh, they average 13.1 million viewers, making it the most watched. That was the 2.30 game on CBS. Yeah, making it the most watched college football game of the season across any of the networks and the most watched Tennessee-Georgia game on record. Kind of a garbage game. For the record. Right. Yeah, it wasn't really. A lot of hype. Georgia never even really let them in the game. The the, the score was not indicative of how much Georgia dominated that game. Yep. And then uh, for the World Series, Game Mm -hmm. 6, the clinching game for the Astros, uh, averaged 12.6 million average viewers. And uh, for... The, in fact, the Tennessee-Georgia game outdrew every single game of the World Series, the World Series averaging about 11.8 million in each of the games. Uh, having uh, hosted radio shows now, as Jackson calls it, for 20 Hall of Fame years, um, I I know one of the rules is uh, is to never ask a question of somebody in the studio with you if you don't already know they know the answer. I'm going to break that rule because I am just really, it's exciting how rebellious I am. Do you have the numbers for Alabama LSU? Because that's more, that's more comparatively speaking for this discussion accurate than a game that took place on Saturday afternoon versus Saturday night. So in advance of violating this rule, kind of like a prosecuting attorney, uh, I apologize, but I'm curious if by this long-winded disclaimer, I've bought you enough time to find the numbers for viewers for Alabama LSU, which was going on at the same time as the Phillies and Astros game six. 7.5 million. Okay. I don't know if that's an ESPN thing. The other game was CBS. I mean, yeah. are we still at a point where that matters? That probably plays a factor. I mean, but I can't imagine it makes up five million. No, it doesn't no, make no, up no, five no. Million. no, it's, it doesn't. It's a period. I'll put a period on that. No. Um, so, what is your question now that we have these numbers, sir? Well, I mean, Georgia, Tennessee, like you said, I mean, it's the it was lauded that there's going to be this incredible game, but you know, it's the one-three matchup. I, you know, you can't complain too much. But Major League Baseball is getting outdrawn. You know, we talked about before how they avoid Sundays for the NFL. Mm-hmm. Is it going to come to a point where, because you know, late October and early November is when college football really ramps up, and you have these huge matchups like Georgia, Tennessee. Are they going to have to avoid Saturdays? At a well, you point? can't. You can't. You right. can't avoid both. And 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 if we're you know talking about Georgia, Tennessee, that is a rare occurrence where you have what was it depends on which poll you're looking at one versus two or if you're looking at the college football playoff poll one versus three just to, it, listen it certainly can happen it's just not necessarily going to happen every year um, and you know Georgia Tennessee took place during the day the Phillies and Astros took place at night what I was more curious about is the game that they were going up against which was Alabama LSU um, and I would imagine if this were 20 years ago, the number would have been much greater for baseball and lesser for college football because one is trending in one direction and one is trending in another direction. Um, any further question on on that? I'm, uh, I, I, I like these kinds of sure. Well, uh, some, sports business questions. Jackson. Right. And so uh, my next question is, and this is more context than the question is, uh, this World Series, Astros and Phillies, was the second least watched World Series on record. The one beating it before was the 2021 or 2020 when the Dodgers in the pandemic. Right. Um, do you think that's more an indictment of the matchups of Astros and Phillies or an indictment of baseball in general? Like, do you think it'd be different if it was Yankees Dodgers? <sighs> I like the question. I don't know. I mean, Philadelphia is a huge market. Huge. I mean, people talk about New York, LA, and then Chicago, but Philadelphia is four. Right. And Houston, I think, is 
five or six right. in San Francisco and Houston, if I'm not mistaken. They're all in the top 10, I'm virtually certain. St. Louis, for the record, currently 24, uh, 24 radio market. So it's, those are big markets. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You have one that's been there as kind of a, a powerhouse, doesn't have the brand equity that the the Yankees do, and then the other you have an upstart from a big market. So I don't know. I don't look at it as kind of like a Tigers Cardinals 2006 no. deal. It's it's you know it's it's not a good thing. Yeah, and and I think For, if you're a baseball fan, it's not a good thing. Now, if 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 you don't care, and I would like, how does this impact my viewing of the game? Then it doesn't. But if you're looking for the health of the game, it's not a positive. Sure. And I, I think some of it goes back to, and it's kind of the nature of baseball, is that you know sometimes in sports, especially in championships, you want to go watch the stars of the game at their biggest moments. And while Bryce Harper is absolutely a star, Verlander has been a star forever, it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily, necessarily move the needle like, you know, take Joe Burrow in the Super Bowl last year, Odell Beckham Jr. in the Super Bowl last year. These guys are more marketable. They're more marketed. And I just don't think baseball has that. And like I said, you got to put a addendum on that because the nature of baseball isn't necessarily like watch a star go crazy. Cause they, it's regional. It's just right. become regional. And I can tell you, I was watching Alabama LSU and I'm going, oh, I'll fl- oh, that's over. What a game. Right. Now I'll flip over. Okay, you know, you feel like you're driving 100 miles an hour down the road, and all of a sudden now you're like, okay, I'm on Manchester at 5 o'clock. Yep. That's what it feels like. Agreed. Uh, Speaking of sports business, Eli Drinkwitz got a contract extension Saturday morning. Uh, There had been a Freedom of Information request from Gabe Yarman of Power Mizzou and Dave Matter of the Post-Dispatch, amongst others, I would imagine, to get information because when it gets down to it, I realize people go, why in the world would he get a contract extension? They beat South Carolina. Was it that big of a deal? Um, and that's why Gabe said, I care about the buyout clause. And here is what Gabe has. And he reported this this morning on PowerMizzou.com. The buyout is a little convoluted. Under the previous deal, they'd have owed him $5.6 million if they fired him after next year. Now they will owe him at least $6 million. It's not a big difference, but it's still more than they were on the hook for. Um, so Gabe goes on to say they've allocated more dollars now for his coaching staff, which tells you that they are going to hire an offensive coordinator. That is his read. And he goes on to say, everybody says, why now? And if we're being honest, I agree with you. I wouldn't have done it if Drinkwitz and Sexton, his agent, were coming to me saying, we only have three years left. We need security, et cetera, et cetera. I'd have said something like this, win something. Pittman and Heupel, as in Sam Pittman at Arkansas and Josh Heupel at Tennessee, and others have gotten extensions for winning. All we've got is players rivals says are going to be good. We want some proof. If that means Drinkwitz wanted to threaten to go to some lesser program, I'd have let him do it. But let's be honest, nobody was banging down the door to hire him this year. Basically, Missouri did this because this is how everyone operates. They throw money at something before it's justified as proof that they care about football. As long as everyone else does it, you have to do it too. It's a circle. As I posted another thread, my belief, based on everything that I have heard, is this was curator-driven. They hired Drinkwitz. They've always viewed him as their coach. And he has good relationships with people in important places. If it works, fine. Everybody's good. But make no mistake, it has to work next year. The Gasparilla Bowl next year isn't going to impress anybody. That is Gabe Yarman, who is with us every Friday. And so, since that is now the situation for Missouri and Eli Drinkwitz, and furthermore, the schedule next year really lends itself to having a big year. Uh, It is super easy out of the gate. If you consider the first six games this year to be brutal, it would be the opposite next year. They really should be undefeated 
And even if the team were not good, they could be undefeated in the month of September. Their toughest game is at home against Kansas State. You go, well, who do they play in the SEC in September? No problem. Vanderbilt. No problem. Um, but then, if you can be undefeated, plus you get a game in St. Louis against Memphis, you then have um, LSU and Brian Kelly coming to Columbia, and I believe the first weekend in October, which just sets an opportunity for this program. The key, what do they do at offensive coordinator, and really, what do they do at quarterback but to me you have to give Eli Drinkwitz credit for what they have done defensively he's the CEO of the program they turned that around but you also have to pass to uh, to, uh, give him blame for what's taken place offensively Uh, and hopefully next year if you're a Missouri fan that improves substantially otherwise uh, they will be really put to the test time for us to shut it down BK and Ferrario are coming up next for Action Jackson I'm Tim McKernan this has been Balloon Party on 101 ESPN You've been listening to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa. With over 50 years of sports betting experience, Fred is known in the UK for three things. Customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home-trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.